Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you very much for joining us today. Today we have Rico Anderson. Great guy. Met him a couple years ago. Los Angeles Comic Book Convention with Scotty Baker and Ryan T. Husk. Looking forward to talking to him today. He's in a lot of shows. A lot of shows that I like and that I've watched. You can't say that about a lot of people. Dollhouse, Smallville. Can't wait to talk about those things. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which means that he's worked with uh, Joss Whedon twice. How's everybody doing? How you doing during this lockdown? getting a little crazy right now you know I don't like to timestamp our episodes but I was at the market today and I, <laughs> I gotta be honest I'm not a huge fan of people standing very close to me right now I have my N95 mask that uh, my doctor friend brought for me And uh, I went to go get groceries, and uh, there's this one coffee house that's near near where I live, and people just like to congregate around there, and it's, it just drives me nuts. It's one of those things where social distancing doesn't work when you're drinking coffee. <laughs> I think they were laughing at me when I when I got off the street and went in. I went into the literal street to walk around them. So I'm not going to get the coronavirus because you want to get a cup of joe. If somebody gets hit by a car, I don't get it. I don't care if I get COVID-19. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do the best I can. But I certainly am not going to get coronavirus because somebody wants a cup of coffee. They won't get out of your way. Six feet, my friend. Six feet. So how are you guys doing? Give us a call. 515-602-9609. Talk to Rico, ask him some questions. I know you're here, Rico. <laughs> I can see your I, I can I'm I'm producing the show. I, I can see you. I want to say goodbye to Charlotte Figgy. Charlotte Figgy was the girl in Colorado who uh they created Charlotte's Web 4, the medical marijuana that uh, they helped a lot, a lot of people that had a lot of issues, huge issues. And she was the little girl that they started this entire thing for. Well, she died of COVID-19 today and or yesterday, and, and we want to say our goodbyes to her. Wonderful human being. I, I got the chance to be around her as I was leaving Colorado one one day one year and uh, very sad but uh, it's you know, just just what happened anyways let's bring on Rico huh now that I just now that I just brought the whole room down
Rico. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to have a clap track. I, you know, we we always love our we always love our intros. So <laughs> thank you for it. <laughs> if we all had screaming and the whelping in the background. <laughs> if we all had a cloud track, I think our lives would be a lot easier for a lot of us. It it would definitely inflate a lot of egos, but yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's always good to be loved like that. You know? Well, before we get started, let, let me ask you: How are you and your family doing right now during the lockdown? Well, thank you for asking. Um, we're, we're we're doing great. We're doing great. I, I talk to my mom good. practically. Um, every day, if not every other day, and yeah. uh, just check in on her, just make sure she's she's good. And my family is doing well. Good. Everybody is hunkered down. Um, nice. Doing best not to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's um, it's interesting because in in my mother's house, there's never not been a child in the house. And, right. Well, you have um, a huge family. Yeah. Right. My my mom had six children. I'm the oldest, and she adopted right. five other children. Wow. Um, and so I am I am the oldest of eleven, six biological, five adopted, and um, I am a uncle two thousand times over. So that, that's why I said there's there's always there's always a kid in the house, <laughs> and so. Um, you know, my mom is, you know, my my mom is well taken care of in right. many in many regards and respects. So she's doing well. I'm doing well. I'm I'm hunkered Good. down. I'm I'm observing, staying put, and right. staying safe, and and just being, just um, uh, staying positive and and hoping and praying that this does end uh, soon. But also realizing the reality of it all and and just being right. prepared for whatever bobbing and weaving one must do in, in this. In this I'm, more than, I'm more than confident that we're going to go back to normal sometimes. And it's, you know, Rico, if, if, before we continue on, if, if you can do me a favor and check your line, you're breaking in and out a little bit. So it's kind of, okay. Um, let's see. Are you on your phone right now? I am on my phone, yeah. Um, hmm. I think it's the area that I'm in. I don't know. Here, let me let You're me fine. walk around let me walk around the place here. Okay. Um, do you still hear it, or is it is it is it a little bit better? Or yeah, that, that's better. That's better. Yeah, you, you know the interesting thing about you know this the, the coronavirus and the whole pandemic thing right now is that a lot of people forget how we often will forget as human beings. Like we'll forget scandals, we'll forget a, a lot of things that people do, and we'll just move on with our lives. And COVID-19, I, I don't think will be any different. I think one day we'll just go back to normal and we'll just, we'll just be who we were before. I don't know if we'll be shaking hands that, 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 that close, but. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I agree with that to a point. I, I, I do believe that in when, when it comes to, situations like this. I even hesitate to say situation. This is so much more than a situation. Yes. This is a, this is, this is a worldwide um, event or a situation or whatever way you want to call it. It's, it's huge. Right. And, and it's, it, it's, I, 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 I hope that a human race, we do come out more enlightened and just more appreciative of what we do have 
and how easily that can be taken from us in terms of family, friends, in terms of just being aware of how we right. live our lives in general. I mean, well, it's very interesting. You know, a lot of people, you know, are afraid they can die from the coronavirus, but you can die from crossing the street and getting hit by a car. So there, there, there's, there, you know, saying goodbye to somebody is always a tempestuous moment. Yeah, I think I think one of the bigger issues in this case, though, is everything is so uncertain. This is this is it's, it's new. It's it's yes, right. we've we've had viruses enter our bodies and affect us before, but this is something new. And this is, there's so much uncertainty there. I mean, this, I, I, I've said this many times over to many people that I've spoken to concerning this. And, you know, this, this whole thing is one big question mark because we don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how it's going to affect us as the days go by, if it's going to affect us personally or you know, I mean, it, it's already it's already affecting us personally and professionally. But right. Just I, what what is the outcome going to be? And and I and yes, I do believe that things will go back to normal. Um, I hope that it does go back to normal with a with a, but we become better because of it in whatever way that is. I can't right. make that call. But do you feel like you're reaching yeah. out to people more more right now? Do you feel like you're like communicating more people like seeing how they're doing and things like that? I am. I am. I've, I've, I've done a lot of reaching out and, and just trying to be there for people who, who may be going through a rough time because of whatever reason. I actually know a couple of people who, who have been infected with uh, COVID-19. And so That's horrible. Um, being able to, yeah. And, 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 you know, thank, thank God they, they, they are doing, they, they are starting to, do better. They're starting to right. be better, and, and Good. Um, they've both gotten yeah, they both gotten over that, that that curve. But you know, they're still not out of the woods yet, and anything can happen. So um, right, just just connecting with people. I, I have been connecting right. with a lot of people and, and doing what I can. Right. And, you know, whilst protecting myself as well. So. Right. Now you you're you're born in in California, but you weren't raised in California. You were raised in Chicago. Am I right? So I was born in Seaside, California, which is right near right. Monterey and, and uh, Carmel and, and that whole area. And uh, when I was a little baby, we moved to Chicago. I have family in Chicago on my mother's side. Um, family on my, on my father's side is here in California. So I, I lived in Chicago until I was 11 years old. And then we moved wow. to the San Francisco Bay Area where I grew up and became a man. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Those 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 pivotal years of growth right. and development happened in the San Francisco Bay Area, and so right. So I, I claim both I, I claim both places. So when people ask where are you from, I mean, I, I'll I'll say Chicago and the Bay Area just because I have family from both right. spots. I have fond memories of both spots, and right. frankly, that's 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 that was my upbringing. So. Right. Well, if anybody looks at, at your resume, I mean, your resume is gigantic. And, it, you know, it's the only people I know that have close resumes to you is like Tim Russ. You know, I just did an interview with him and, and yeah. his, his resume is just like, it goes back to, you know, back to like the 1950s. It's insane. But, yeah. you know, you, you've been in so many awesome shows that, I, that I've actually watched. And let's talk about them later on, like Dollhouse and what have you. I just 
I adore that show and what have you. But yeah. growing up in Chicago up until the age of 11 years old, you know, I know there's a lot of things out there, mostly comedy that people are introduced mm-hmm. to or what have you. But what was, what was about the entertainment industry that kind of you gravitate towards? Well, there was a point in time when for people of a certain age will know this, there were not all the stations that we are pretty blessed to have now. That's right. Um, at one point, yeah, there was only three stations and, and, right. and, and a couple of like uh, the, the UH, I think that they were UHF stations. Is that what they were? Yeah. Talking? Yeah. We're the same yeah. age, you and I. So yeah, I, I remember okay. having only right. like five channels and like HBO and ZTV. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what we we had ABC, CBS, and NBC. Fox that didn't exist for a lot of did not exist. Or, you know, nope. And then later on, yeah. later on, Paramount came along with with uh, with uh, Star Trek Generations, um, and and that kind of turned into a different thing on its own. Right, right. Uh, well, when Paramount started, I believe it was Voyager that was like the uh, flagship show that that right. helped to kick off the network uh, like a but million yeah, five that, per that, episode yeah exactly exactly and it was it was it was the beginning of this new network along with like right. rocks and everyone was like oh my god now we're now we're now we're now we're kicking right so, um yeah it it, it was um it was I, i'll tell you this you know at, at the time you you didn't see a lot of tv that had a lot of people of color in it. And when you right. did, you didn't see a lot of really wonderful role models in that respect. Right. You, television did, obviously there were people of color in, in television. There were a lot of black right. folks in television. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, but it, it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge pool. No. Um, and, and you had the Jeffersons, you had good times. And then other than that, you had people who played B parts and C parts. And then you had a lot of black exploitation, and you had a lot of right. just, just different, you know, and 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 that was the business. And but what it did was it it I saw with that I saw myself within those those uh, those TV shows, those movies, basically because I saw other black people on screen, and I remember seeing like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the black kids who were around my age then doing that, and and I always right. thought, man, that's that's just really cool to see that, and. There was always this thing that just made me think, man, I, I I would love to do that. I actually saw a touring production of The Wiz with um, Stephanie Miller. Oh, I love The Wiz. Wow. Yeah. And this was back in the day, you know, when The Wiz was still at the height of its popularity because of the sure. movie with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. And oh, Wonder. yeah. So, you know, yeah. So it, it that, that, that the tour was just, you know, just – it was it was it was on fire. So I remember seeing that, and I, I I remember that really being like my first introduction to this business that I'm really blessed to to really be deeply embedded in now because I just remember just looking at 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 the tour and just looking at the the, the people on stage from from the big players to the to the you know to the to all the players, the dancers, the singers, and just being really being mesmerized by that and and just going from that to TV and film and just watching all this and just thinking, man, one of these days I would love to do that. And right. 
it really kicked in when I moved to the Bay Area, when, when my family and I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area, and I was able to do, right. I was able to get into theater and 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 really really get my get get that ball rolling. The Bay Area is so great when it comes to oh, it's fantastic um, for theater. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, Theater, independent film, the arts. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, music, Opera. The, the arts. It's just yeah. Oh yeah. It's you. It's 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 surprising when you when you hear about people who who have who have come from the Bay Area and from that humongous university of 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 of, of talent and, and people. So I'm very right. blessed to say that I, I I sprouted up from from that pool. Still learning. Still growing. Still still. <laughs> still on on the road towards doing it but right uh very proud to say that i come from from that from that background no it's just 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 to, to close it out yeah it, it it was just a thing that really made me it just heightened me wanting to do it more and more and eventually moved to uh, la to 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 do film and tv and 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 do the things that i saw people doing as i was a little child did you do plays in San Francisco while you were there? I did. I did a lot of theater, a lot of theater. Really? Um, I actually really? studied at San Francisco State University. I performed all over the Bay Area doing um, um, plays, uh, mostly musicals in high school. I went to Berkeley High School. and um, You went to Berkeley? Berkeley High School. I didn't go to UC. Berkeley. Oh, Berkeley High School. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Berkeley, oh, my God. UC Berkeley didn't really have a... They they didn't really they weren't really known for for theater arts. And no, they're mostly for social sciences and what have you. Yeah, yeah, but 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 San Francisco State University that was more of an art school because they right. at the time they had the biggest broadcasting um, uh, department in the nation. Or I, I'm sorry, right. I, I take that back. I believe the second biggest broadcasting department in, right. in the nation, but but very well widely known. Theater department was off the chain. A lot of people come came from the theater department. Um, um, Annette Benning went to San Francisco State. Uh, of, oh, really? Such a well-known actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. She. Annette so, Benning. Yeah, so Benning's a genius. She she's one of our she's one of our treasured actors. Definitely. She's amazing. Definitely. So, yeah. So very proud to be to be coming from the Bay Area and and nice. to be a part of that that scene in theater and and film independent film music. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's, the talent coming from the Bay Area is insane. I'm not even saying myself. I'm just saying, <laughs> Google it. Google it. Just yeah. Google it. You're like, good lord. My yeah. God. Okay. No, my brother. My brother's been in San Francisco since since he was a very you know since he can grow, grow out of the house when he's 18 years old and you know when he first went there. And I would say there all the time and, and the amount of art, the amount of plays I saw, and the amount of Mm-hmm. opera that I saw was amazing. I always thought to myself of yeah. LA and San Francisco meshed together, especially the food meshed together. Mm-hmm. It, it would be a, it would be a glory. It, it's, I tell people don't sleep on, 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 on the theater scene up there. Don't, don't sleep on, on the film. I mean, you know, in the nineties, the film scene used to be pretty big um, up there. Mm-hmm. Hollywood had, they, they messed with the Bay area a lot when it came to that. Um, Right, and it it it's died down a lot over over time, but it's right. it was it was really big in the nineties. I don't think there's a lot of tax incentives in San Francisco right now. Yeah, I, I think it's coming back too. I think it's actually coming back. I hope there's, so. Well, I know they're doing the Matrix uh, up there, the new Matrix. Oh yeah, the fourth Matrix. Yeah, fourth Matrix, and and they actually shot the Matrix 
up there before. The, I think it was the second. I think it was the second Matrix was shot up there. Really? I know it was shot. Yeah, they, they shot it all over. I know they shot in Alameda, and they shot. And there, there's other spots where they're shooting. Well, they were shooting before before everything was shut down. But I know they were right. shooting in San Francisco and just right. the Bay, the Bay, baby. Well, you're you're incredibly articulate, and you've got that you've got that booming voice. Did you did you have any trouble going into the, the playhouses in San Francisco and, and finding those parts? Did I have trouble doing it? No, I, yeah. it's it, it. The Bay Area is really good when it comes to diversity and, and really considering everybody and 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 definitely casting uh, non traditionally a lot. Right. I, I've been blessed to have been in productions where the cast is pretty much a rainbow and it, it's, it, it's, it's really good for that. And, and, and I've also been yeah. a part of theater companies that, that really do focus on taking, taking certain pieces and infusing it with, with just with everybody. I, I, I'm a founding member of the African American Shakespeare company in San Francisco that's which right. Was created, mm-hmm, and it was created in, um, <clears throat> excuse me, created by Sherry Young, and uh, currently artistic. The, the artistic director is L. Peter Callender, currently. Mm. And but in that beginning, the and in, in, in the the mission statement still stands: infusing the classics with color. And right. It's it's, you know, you can do Shakespeare in so many different ways over the, over. Centuries, Shakespeare has been performed traditionally. It's been performed with different themes in terms all of all women, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, different, just different areas, and and so right. like we did, and it wasn't just Shakespeare, but it was just all of the classics in general. So we did. There was one year we did, um, we did Oedipus, and oh, we. Oedipus. Yeah, we tweaked it, and we it took place in an African village. Nice. So, right. So being able to to have that that diversity and was is, damn that makes sense. Been a, a great thing. Yeah, yeah. It 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 was it was beautifully done, and I, I tell you, it, it's one of the great things about about theater, and and you know the creativity that comes out of that, and just being able to really think about, hey, how do I want to do this one? Right. Let's. Let's do it like this. Let's let's have all women playing the roles. Let's you know, right. it's just yeah, it's 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 that it's that level of versatility that it would have been funny if you made alive a and keeps it fresh. It would have been funny if you made a fellow white. Have ever be black and have a fellow you know, be white. <laughs> you know Patrick Stewart did that. Really? Pa- Patrick Stewart pay, played a fellow in a play or in a I don't know if it was I, I don't know if it was here in the States or if he went back, back. I don't know where it was, but it was right yeah. after Next Generation ended. And I think he had time before, I guess they were shooting Generations or what. It was around that right. time. And right. he did Othello. And he was he, he was Othello. And, and it was an all-black <laughs> cast except for Patrick Stewart. So That's it's awesome. been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's, there are no original ideas, I guess. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, look it up. It, yeah, I, I remember reading that article, and and he was just like, I I I love the idea, and it, yeah, it happened. <laughs> well, the one thing I was the one thing I was saying to the audience before you came on was, 
you're you're part of so many movies and so many shows that you know it's hard to say to to somebody that i've watched all your shows i've enjoyed all your shows but i i've literally watched every single one of your movies inside the theaters that you've been part of and every almost every single show except for two two what a two women what was the name of that show it's uh two broke girls two broke girls yeah that okay yeah i i couldn't i couldn't stand that show man i I couldn't stand that show but (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be completely honest with you i I, it was just one of those things but but let's let's start off you know what was what was the first piece Uh, missing reward is is the first piece that you're you're touted with as being uh in uh when you first started your film career is that the first piece you started with it it well no, I, as far as what IMDb is recognizing, it would be the right. first because it was the first on TV. But as far as the first film I I did, I, I actually did what would have been an after an after school special. Remember the ABC after school specials? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You always had the, you always had the pregnant girl or the guy who smoked or or drank too much. Yeah, I love those shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of peer pressure and a lot of things just that a lot of people deal with all of us <laughs> at one point right. may have dealt with growing right. up. Um, right. Yeah, it, it it didn't it it did not manifest into it actually being aired, but I remember shooting a film that had to do, and I believe it had to do with smoking. So because you know mm. back then that was the big thing. And right. So, <laughs> Uh, but I did that. So, I, I mean, I, I count a lot of the independent films that I've done as well. But as far as like the mainstream uh, uh, shows and films that have that have been seen by a wide audience, Missing Reward was one. And I guess if you look at it today, it would, it, it would be something, one of those type of shows that would end up on like Investigation Discovery. So it was kind of like a reenactment right. type show. Yeah, and right. it, it actually took place on the Bay Bridge, in which case they actually shut down a big part of the Bay Bridge just to shoot this thing, which was actually wow. surreal because the Bay Bridge is one of those things that technically you never shut down. You, you know, never shut that so. down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was um, that was interesting, but yeah, this, I would say Missing Reward would be the first, and then things nice. um, slowly trickled trickled well, yeah, down you... after that. So you did some work in, in in Made in America and also So I Married an Axe Murderer and I saw both those in the, in the theaters. So you're doing background yeah. work for for those for those movies as well. I yeah I started doing a lot of background work and and one of the things that I wanted to do my mentality behind that was listen I'm an actor and I know I that it, at that point I was like I'm going to L A I'm moving to L A I'm going to do this right. I'm going to really go all out and, and make this happen. That said I still need to have um, I I need to know what it is like to be on a professional set, like mm. a Hollywood set, and 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 I wanted to get that experience, and so my my mentality going into it that way because I didn't have an agent at the time, and I wasn't able to get these auditions that I that I get now. Right. I just wanted to be on set, and I wanted to learn what it's like to be on a set and why things work the way they do and stuff like that. So right. It did the background work. Obviously, it it was it was good income or decent income, and right. But I learned a lot, and and 
And so I really do credit a lot of those. And, and I have some great stories that, that come behind just being background on, on those, on those particular films. So like it was what? cool. It was, it was a great experience. I, I really do credit it as one of like my, my most memorable experiences in terms of yeah. who I got, had the chance, the opportunity to work with and, and just the people that I was able to really interact with and, and, right. and have conversations with in relation to the business, people who, right. who were in the film, things like that. So I, I ran, I ran locations since I was 17 years old and I, I'll be honest with you. Those were the funnest stories that I have was running locations and being a location manager above, above directing and, and producing. Uh, those were the funnest stories because you don't have any pressure on you. Uh, you're, the, the whole thing's not writing on you, and you interact with people in a completely different capacity. This is true. This is true. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, you you have all sorts of different. Um, it, it it's hopefully you're always having fun and doing what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like when, when you know, and and hopefully everybody's on the same page and everybody's really cool. I mean, it just makes the experience that much more better. And right. you, just, you know, you have. It, it's yeah, something you do. Now, what was the first part that you were in that that you felt like okay, now I'm doing what I love to do. Now, now I'm part of something that that I want to be part of. I would have to say, with all due respect to anything that I've done before, the first. This is like a two-part answer. So the first yeah. one would be the first thing that I got, the first film that I got when I first moved to Los Angeles. It was a movie called String Theory. Yeah. And uh, it was an you know it was an independent film that I worked on, and I was one of the leads in it, and it was it was my first lead role in a in a in a project shot in L.A. slash Hollywood, and 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 just. I don't want to say having that Hollywood treatment, but, but being in something that was being shot around Hollywood that, that had just, that, that had, that did have a couple of actors who, who were more advanced in their career than I was. And and just Hmm. being able to be in that, have that experience. And, and, um, did you go through the cat, did you go through the casting process? No, entire thing like that. I did. I did. Yeah. I went in and auditioned and, and, and got it and was very thrown back that I did just because, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Hey, I'm, I'm here in LA trying to do my thing. And, and I right. booked the lead in a, in a film and, and here we are and, and we're off, you know? So yeah. it, it was cool. It, it, the, the other thing was my first, my first television role, which was on the TV show, the shield. So, now I wanted to talk to you about that because that show is literally amazing. And I actually, I actually seen the episode that you're in. Uh, that show is, is fantabulous. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that was one of the big game changers as far as the industry is concerned, because, yep. you know, FX was kind of like, okay, we're still network, but we're going to really push that envelope a little bit more than normal and the shield. So right. that was one of those shows that really started to, to kind of open up the, the floodgates of being able to go a little bit farther than one would go right. with a network TV show. And 
damn, I got I got in that one, and it was it was that's it awesome, was a great experience. Yeah, well, no, you know what's great is it was it was my first big role where I got to play, you know, basically playing cops and robbers, and and that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was cool because I I it was a it was a big old shootout on that episode, and yeah. We running around catching the bad guys, and it was cool. Yeah, uh, worst uh, worst cops and worst robbers. That's that's that show. You said worst cops and worst robbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. listen. You're right because every yeah. everybody was suspicious. Everybody. Yeah, was, there were bad cops and bad robbers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's almost like you didn't really know who to trust. Now, I watched that show. I watched that show religiously, and and I was just talking about somebody else who was on, on the Shield. And I remember the last episode and watching him become a bureaucrat, which was his uh, his worst fear. Uh, but I I, I love that show from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, it was it was such a fun ride. I mean, just I did three days on set on that one episode, and just wow. Just the fun, yeah. I mean, you could tell these guys were just having all sorts of fun just being on set. Like, you know, just like literally loved coming to set every day and and work. And it was it was great. It was great. Um, great, great atmosphere. Great food. Um, <laughs> a great first experience to 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 things you know really really happening for me at that point. Right. Well, you did standoff right after that. Uh, that's a that's a great show, and then you then you went off to uh, the NCIS. Now NCIS is one of those shows that I think everybody goes through that that process. How, how was that experience like? You know, it was a pretty quick experience. Uh, it was it was mm-hmm. one day. It was it was uh, it was an afternoon of filming, and it was it was cool. You know, it was it. I mean, NCIS has always been at the the one of the top shows out there, and and just to be able to say that I was a part of it was was really an honor. Got a chance to meet uh, Mark Harmon, and and he he nice. hung out on set. My scene wasn't even with him, but he he was there. He hung out. You still there on set? And, and I'm sorry. He was still there on set. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. I, I think he had to shoot like later on that day, so he was he was there hanging out. And I nice. think at the time he was still because I, I I believe he's executive producing the show, and and I believe at the time he was doing that as well. So right, obviously I'm sure he was there to oversee it as well. So <laughs> yeah. Well, you're part of a show that that uh, you know I don't think a, a enough people watch, which is Las Vegas. I I really enjoyed that show. I loved that show, and I'm not just yeah. saying that because I was on it, but yeah, that was a fun show to be a part of. Yeah, that was fun. I, I did. That was a, that, yeah. That old set was like a big old casino. I mean, it was literally a casino. I mean, it wasn't literally, <laughs> but it was it was set dressed where if somebody were to blindfold you and take the blindfold off, lead you to that soundstage, take the blindfold off. You swear you were looking at a casino, minus obviously the fact that the roof would be all lights coming down and it wouldn't be... You know, I thought it was filmed in a casino. <laughs> that's funny. And and that's the testament of really good set directors because, <laughs> trust me, they... they. I mean, it's it goes without saying, everything was real. I mean, it... Right. it, it they... You walked throughout the set, you the chips were locked up. So it's not right. like... Everything was like monopoly money. Although I don't believe you could actually, even if you were to steal those chips, you could go to Vegas and cast them in. Right. But still, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you went on. You went but, and did uh, Zoe One Hundred One. Did you find it hard to go from something so serious to going onto more like kid-friendly shows? Here, here's the funny thing about that. I always considered myself a a serious actor, um, not a funny actor, a comedic actor, and. That particular role in Zoe 101, the, the, the comedy really didn't fall on me. So it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of gave me a break in, in that respect. But, but the, the atmosphere being what it is, right? yeah, you, you still have to think in terms, of, in terms of that. And you never know what happens in that respect. I mean, it could be a facial expression that actually makes – your reaction funny and and maybe it wasn't meant to be that way but because you did it in a way where that it actually worked hey a lot of times maybe they'll keep it um unfortunately that particular role hit, hit the cutting room floor so we'll never know what happened unless they right. did like a 40th anniversary and bust out all the uh outtakes so maybe i'll be on it i don't know but uh but 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 in general going into comedy you know, they, they say comedy is pretty much just being yourself and just letting the jokes come out there and unless it's right. just like straight up slapstick. Um and yeah, you do have you do have lines where the joke does fall on you and you know, depending on how you say it, a lot of times you just wanna say it straight and, and if it's if it's done right, it's gonna be funny. And right. so I've 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 been blessed to have those type of comedic roles where, where that does happen. So right. um it's yeah, it, it's it's a it's a I would say it's it's definitely a um, it can be a challenge if you don't know. I hesitate to say don't know what you're doing, but you don't want to force it. You don't want to you don't want to say I'm about to be funny. You just want right. to do it and, and and trust the writing process. Trust your writers, right. and, but also trust yourself as an as an artist that to trust yourself to know what you can also bring to the table as well. And hopefully right. between the two collaborations, you got, you got some really funny stuff that's about to go down. You know, what, what is it about you and, and, and the casting process that get, that gets you into all these projects? What, what, what do you, what do you think the light is within you that, that gets you involved in all these processes? I want to do everything. I want to, do drama. I want to do comedy. I want to do horror, sci-fi. Right. I want to do everything. Now I'm saying this and like, I thought that I was going to be more of a dramatic actor coming into Hollywood. <laughs> at one point, I didn't right. think that comedy would be something that I would be good at. And I'm usually one of the most optimistic people on the planet in terms of thinking, well, I don't think that I'm that funny, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot anyway. So I wasn't really that gung ho about even wanting to say like approach comedy, but but the challenge for me was the, you got to try it, you got to see what you can do, and right. so for myself, I I told myself you know I, I switched I, I I switched up that mentality and I was just like look, comedy is there and it's 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 hopefully going to be something that you will be able to tackle and and right. I've had the opportunity to do so. So I, I just look right. at every, I look at everything that comes my way as an opportunity. And with my, my team, my team of like agents, managers, whoever I have, mm-hmm. I make sure that they understand that 
Um, I want to go out for, I want, I, I would like to be considered for everything and, and, and please cat, you know, please submit me accordingly. And, right. you know, again, it's, it's, it's still a climb, you know, you're always growing right. in this industry, but I've, I've been very blessed to have had some really cool roles in all genres. And well, I guess what I'm asking is I've worked in casting for where I've worked at Ocean Park. I've worked on, you know, Jody Sonnenberg. I've worked on On Your Mark. I've worked in casting for, for quite a while. And, and there's something about, you know, a person that, that gets them these parts, that, that the casting director sees a speci- special thing inside of them. May it be likability, may it be direct, may, may them be directable. You know, a lot of things yeah. comprise a, a great actor that, that people want to cast. What, what do you think it is about you that these people saw inside of you that they wanted to spend 16 hours a day with? Rico, did you press mute? Well, I think Rico took a little little standstill right there. We're going to wait for him to come back. Let's put, play a little music real fast. Didn't want to write a love song. Usually these things come out wrong. But you've been up in my head all day long. And now I'm all gone, yeah. Didn't know we end up this way. Keeping memories on
I really love that song. I got Rico back on the line here. Hey. Hey, Rico. And then we got, uh, we got Blake here. Let's bring him on. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Hello. Hey. Hey, how's so you, it going, Steve? Good. How are you doing, my friend? Good, you worked good. With, you worked with Rico before, huh? Yes. Um, you know, interesting enough, you asked the question, what was Rico's spark? What was his, I did uh, you question. know, the, the spark inside of him? And ironically, I just have a very short story um, where I, I was producing my first feature film, and uh, the lead, two lead roles were a male and a female. They were both, uh, uh, both males. They were both white, Caucasian. And we had done two straight days, saw probably over 100 people at the time. It was a big recession going on in 1991. And we had it all packed up. It was Sunday, and in walks this gentleman, uh, Rico, and just a smile a mile wide. And we had kind of already kind of figured out all the parts, but, you know, he said, hey, you know, let me just, let me just try out. So we literally went back into the room. We set up. And we gave him the script, and magic happened. It, I'm getting goosebumps even explaining it to you right now. It was That's magical. Nice. And, and it was to the point that we were willing to recast the lead a Caucasian for Rico right. Right. and rewrite the whole script for him. That was the magic <laughs> we brought to the room. That's a lot of magic. That was. And so um, – I know that, you know, Rico not only filled the spot and the expectations, I know it was really his first big role to take on. Right. But we had, you know, it was a very small skeleton crew. I think it was a 20-day shoot, Rico, or 15, something like that, 18 days. It was something and, like uh, that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe three weeks, two, two and a half, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm just very uh, – very proud to be his friend and very proud to, uh, you know, watch his life's journey. And uh, I knew from that moment on that, you know, he, he was going to go places and he was going to do things. So, uh, well, Blake, the question, the question I asked, uh, you know, a lot of people and I was, I was asking Rico as well was directability. Uh, did you, did mm-hmm. you find it easy to, to direct him? Was that an easy process for you? In fact, I, I learned very early on that once he got the concept of the scene, what the emotion was going into it and what he wanted out of it from the other actor, right. I learned probably by the third day to step away and I just let him do what he did naturally. I didn't right. over-direct him, and that was the beauty of Rico. I didn't have to over-direct him. He got right. it. right. Thank you, Blake. You know, Blake, before you go, you know, likability plays a huge part in casting and being with somebody and directing them and what have you. Uh, For you in bringing Rico into your project, how much was likability? Because you have to spend 14, 12 to 16 hours a day with this human being. How much was likability, you know, a mathematical process for you when hiring him? Well, I have kind of a rule where I like to be first on set and last to, you know, to leave. And Rico was the same. Um, you know, he really, uh, made everyone, uh, welcoming. He was, uh, it became a family very quickly. 
And uh, I didn't have to, you know, sometimes you have to chase down people. Sometimes you wonder where they're at. What, you know, are they, right. is their head right? Right. No, nope. he, he was always, always there and always adding to it. And so uh, a pleasure. And uh, if anything, he added to the, uh, the calmness and the enjoyability of the day. And we all knew right. when we, you know, we could crack up and we could uh, lighten things up because there were a lot of intense scenes. But uh, no, he uh, he was definitely the pulse of uh, you know behind the scenes of, of the other actors as well. When we bring new fresh actors in, he made them feel wel- welcome. There was no competitive uh, issues going on, so um, it was it, sheer pleasure. Thanks so much, Blake, you, for calling. Got... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Rico. No, I just got to say, Blake, you you got me speechless over here, man. I I really I I appreciate these these wonderful beautiful words you're saying and. And and I have to say, you know, you, you know, you giving me that opportunity to to really just, you know, it was to to play like that and and to be a part of something that, you know, you would create it and and just you know just just to really turn everything around from what you would envision or at least turn that you know that that particular part around and just giving me that opportunity. I mean. The public, I want to publicly say thank you. I've said thank you to to you before, but you know, thank you, my friend, and 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 I really appreciate. It. I'm I'm speechless over here, man. And and and, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to take compliments. Um, but yeah. I really did have a wonderful time, and I do remember. And it, I remember it was a very physical. It was a very physical shoot in in some days, and um, I just, I just really loved it. We ate a lot of McDonald's, didn't we? <laughs> Oh, I I think uh, yeah I think our I sponsors think... were McDonald's and Domino's and uh, I don't think yeah. I've eaten McDonald's since. <laughs> we I think you had a buddy who was a manager at McDonald's. It was something. We were we were knocking back McDonald's and I think after like maybe the second week we were just because like the first week we were like yeah I want a Big Mac I want fries I want some McNuggets. I think after the second week we were just like salad. Salad. <laughs> you just want a salad. salad. <laughs> I will neither I remember we'd go in and order like three hundred McNuggets at a time, and they would their yeah. draw draw would drop. So, but yeah, yeah they, I I know that uh, you know I, I appreciate that, Rico, and that's that's another quality. You know, the time I've known you, and we, you and I have met through the years here in LA occasionally, yeah. and yeah. your humbleness. Also, I think it's what uh, is a quality that is, uh, you know, it's not taught. It's something that, uh, you know, your family teaches you and that you bring from your upbringing. So that that's something that uh, I think uh, is uh, notable as well. Thank you, Blake. Thank you so much, man. Bless Blake, you. Thank you yeah, so God much for calling in. You, you only made this show better. Was, you deserve a clap track going out. Give it. Give it to him. <laughs> Give it to him. <laughs> More than I deserve. Cause, hey, come on. Thank you, Thank so you much, Blake. Blake. Thank you so much for calling us in today. You have a blessed day. Right, huh? Bye bye. That was wonderful. That was a surprise. Wow. Wow. That was wonderful. You, wow. That, that's what that's what that's what makes this show great. I I, I I'm so blessed to wow. to be a part of this and to hear those things. That that's such a wonderful experience. 
And see, that, 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 that's what I was uh, speaking to earlier in terms of uh, my experiences in the Bay Area and, 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 and being able to work on those, in those early days. Those are some of the best, the best experiences ever. I mean, right. I could do some wonderful projects now, but, you know, there's nothing like your beginnings, your humble beginnings and, and right. You know, being working independently, having those guerrilla shoots, you know, guerrilla shoots to a lot of people who don't know is, you know, you're basically shooting without a permit. And I'm not saying that's what we did on Blake's film, but I'm just saying, you know, right. you, you have those moments where everything is raw and everything is right. like, we got to get this shot. Okay, we're, we're eating. Uh, we're going to we're going to eat lunch. We only got pizza and maybe salad. Right. We only got McDonald's. Right. We only got, you know, um, it even goes to theater where a lot of, for a lot of actors, we a lot of early days of theater. Theater is not always a grand, glorious stage with state-of-the-art lighting and sound. Sometimes you're doing it in a basement with a pole in the middle of the stage. Sometimes you're doing it outdoors where it's windy and you have a curtain backdrop and it's falling over as you're performing and you got to, or your mic goes out or somebody drops, you know, well, even in big theater, somebody could drop a line and you have to recover from it. But there's sure. just all of these, yeah, but there's just all of these just raw um, beginnings that just really make you appreciate what this business is all about. And, and again, the Bay area is such a great place to learn that craft and to practice that craft and to right. be a part of some wonderful projects like the film that I did with Blake. So well, it was great about that. Thank conversation. you again. Blake. It, 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 and thank you, Blake. It really, it, you know, you really opened, opened the conversation up because it really does bring into the conversation, the sense of likability and directability yeah. and people wanting to spend time with you, all those hours with you and what have you. So it, it kind of dove right into the question that I was asking you right there, but, but let's go back into the casting process. I, I know we just sure. spoke about that and we really got a, a great opening into that, but with, with these complete strangers, you're walking into a room. Are, are you lit up already? Are you lighting up already and getting ready to be slated? Or are, are you one of those people that, that really kind of goes into the down mode and then lights up when, when the, when the camera's on them? I mean, I'm of course practicing, getting into my character. I'm of course getting into the, the world uh, that I'm in, but I'm excited to meet my fellow castmates. I'm excited to meet the people that I am going to be working with for the right. day, for the month, for, right. you know, what is the few months. Um, right. And that, and, and it doesn't matter if you're a fellow actor still in the trenches coming up that I've never met, or if you're a celebrity that I've grown up watching and I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm about to chew up some scenery with this person or, or somebody right. that I've, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I always see, I always see everybody as equal when it comes to the work. I don't care in that respect who you are. I care about the work that we're there to do. So like when I, when I meet, when I meet fellow actors, again, be them if they're, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if they're famous or not, I always introduce myself as a fellow right. actor. So right. I could meet Al Pacino face to face and I'll still introduce myself as a fellow actor. Am I, right. am I, am I nerding out on the inside? Of course I am. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be all acting like I'm not, you know, going squee. You know, when I, when I, when I, on my, you know, my voice, whenever I see somebody that I, that I have admired or grown up watching or, 
nerded out over. But right. But when it comes to the work, and even if I meet somebody at a, at an event or whatnot, I I always carry myself in a way where I'm introducing myself as a fellow actor because what, what that does is that also allows them to feel like they can relax their guard as well. Right. And and be what they are, which is an actor. We or right. or or whatever. You know. I mean, just. It's important. That's that's very important. So. Well, I met you. I met you years ago uh, at the Los Angeles convention for comic books uh, with Ryan T. Husk mm-hmm. and uh, and Scotty Baker. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and there was no doubt in my mind that that you were a star. There was something about you that was star quality, and you were very oh, kind and very generous. And uh, Ryan Tias was looking at me with those blue eyes that you can just sink sink your teeth into. I mean, look at that guy. Just, he's, <laughs> he's so just, dreamy, that Ryan. Yeah, that he's Ryan, just he's so dreamy, that son of a gun, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you were very kind and very sweet. So it was very easy for me to tell, like, what you, what you did, what, what part of the world you were part of, and, and where you were going with your career. Thank you. I I love... I mean, look, I'm I'm in a especially when it comes to like the sci-fi conventions. I mean, I'm loving what I'm doing in that genre. I love what I do. So to meet people who are of that same like mind, who have seen your work, admire what you do, right. or, or just want to talk to you, I I, I love. Right. I just love I love people. I love being around and interacting with people. I don't I don't look for the praise. I I look more for the conversation. And sure. whatever comes right, and whatever comes from that is right. the thing that will help bond us. And you know, right. there you go. I want to get into the two different fields that were that are very interesting to me. Is, is one of the Star Trek world that you that you really entered and, and never really left, and the other one is the Joss Whedon world that you entered and never really right. left, because you were you're both in 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 Dollhouse and you were in uh, Agents of Shield. And you're in the Star Trek film as well as working with a lot of Star Trek workers as well. So you, you did Star Trek the movie with J.J. With Abrams directing. So how did that come right. about and, and what was that experience like? Because everybody was waiting for that movie to come out. Okay, so I, I have to I have a little bit of a confession. I, I told myself when I moved to L.A. I would not do background work anymore. Right. And I, I actually told my, my manager at the time that Hey, uh, this, there's this new Star Trek movie that's about to uh, that's been announced, and I right. would really love to get an audition for it. And uh, yeah, let's let's see what we can do. <laughs> but I told myself, if by chance I didn't get an audition for it, I need to be a part of this in one way, right. shape, or form. Right. Because I saw what I saw was history was about to be made. Um, sure was. Yeah, there has not been a Star Trek project since Enterprise at the time, Star Trek Enterprise, and Enterprise did not end on the the most Best popular notes. note. On, right, right. Unfortunately, yeah. loved loved Enterprise, yeah. not not great show at all against it. Great show, yeah. but the last the last season did not fit the bill. Actually, I thought the last season was the best. The fourth season. Because that's when they brought in like really? Judith Garfield, Reeve Stevens, and 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 they. Well, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know how it ended because the last two episodes, I, yeah. I, I you know it was it reminded me of the Wonder Years last episode when you find that the father <laughs> dies and the son takes over the right. way. It's like, why are you breaking right. my heart? 
Yeah, a lot of people had issues with that that the whole holodeck episode with Riker and all of that. Um, yeah, that that was a little interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but you know when when it left, I think there wasn't anything happening for like eight years, and a lot of people were unsure of how how the future of Star Trek was going to be. And right. Next thing you know, we're hearing about a new Star Trek movie that's happening, and Leonard Nimoy is attached to it, and they got all these new actors playing young versions of the original series crew. Incredible. And there was just, yeah, and, and what, I saw, what I saw in that was this is going to be the defining moment of, of, of where Star Trek is going to go in the future. Right. This, this is basically the make or break. If this does not work, I'm not saying that Star Trek would have been dead 100%, but it right. really would not have stood a huge chance of having. I don't think you. I don't, I don't think you have now. the card. I don't think you had a Voyager right now. I don't think you really would have these shows exactly the way they are. You you would have a lot of. There would be a lot of issues, and there would be a lot of. Right. You, we just don't know. And and the thing is, if that movie did not do well, who knows? So right. I wanted to be a part of that history regardless. Yeah. And, and I, t- so much to the point where I was like, look, I'm going to break my, my no background. <laughs> if, if, I can't get a, if I can't get an audition. Yeah. And I didn't get an audition. And so really? I, I, yeah. So I started looking for the announcements. I'm, I subscribe to a couple of like groups that throw out uh, casting announcements. Um, oh, I did it at that time. So you really um, and I saw, it. I went for it, man. I, I, I submitted myself, and next thing I knew, I, I was I – was, uh, uh, they, they called me in, they, um, and I, I ended up going in for the fitting. And what they threw on me, I thought, was uh, a Romulan outfit, uh, hmm. like the old-school Romulan outfit. I thought, right. they were running, I thought they were going in that direction. It turned out I was a council member, which is huh. fine. And, um, right. yeah, and so I ended up – yeah, I ended up doing that, so – I'll, I'll tell you full disclosure. I, I cried when Chris Hemsworth died. Uh, when he died at the beginning <laughs> of the film, I, I, I cried. I cried. I, I teared up, man. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a dude. That was a that was a that was a little emotional scene. I mean, it was that very was a well done. I, he gets he gets born. Yeah. He dies. I mean, that that's. If, if you you don't have yeah. a heart if you don't feel something at that moment. I thought I loved what they did with the film. I loved what they did with the, all the moments and and yeah. and the the you know it was the tweak from what obviously the original origin is because of the situation that happened, you know and and and, it's, right. and, and, and that's okay. I thought it was actually pretty brilliant. The idea right. and the thought process behind it. A lot of people there are there are people who who have issues with it. And I think there are a right. lot of people who go way too far and bitch and moan about things that it's just right. like, guys chill. But I know I, I, and yes, is anything in Star Trek perfect? No, no, right. no, no series. Movies no are perfect. Series. Yeah. Come on. The movies aren't I mean, perfect. Right. You can't, you, you, you can't satisfy everybody, you know, and I admire the right. fact that you, that you kind of broke your rule on that one because you definitely saw uh, the, the quality or at least the, the historical validation of what, the, what this film was going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want it in, I want it in. Yeah. And I, and I told myself, I mean, I, I, I still want it in with the, with the ultimate end goal to be a part of a, a Star Trek project in terms of, being in a, one of the movies or one of the TV shows and, and a lead main character. And that's, that's still right. the, that's still the, that's still the path. 
Well, you um, got to you got to work so. with a lot of those actors, including Tim Russ, who, who's who was an amazing actor in Voyager. But we're going to talk about that in a couple yeah. seconds now. Because sure. I want to I want to talk about one show that I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who's ever been in Entourage before. I, I you know I am ashamed to say that I own those on disc. <laughs> I, I'm ashamed. I really am ashamed. I mean, I love Turtle. I, I love them all. And, and I know that own show it, is man. like, I know I got to own it, man. Own it. I am one of those people that really love the show. I, I love the movie as well. I feel like a jerk saying this. I swear out loud. But, uh, <laughs> you want to punch yourself, man? Is that what you're saying? You I want to right punch now? myself in the groin right now for even saying that I <laughs> yeah. like that. That I I own the I own the DVDs. That's so horrible to say, but you know, <laughs> but I like the show. Dang. I really like the show. It was my Sex in the yeah. City. It was my Sex in the City. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, it was a guilty so, pleasure. Come on. It was, it was a guilty yeah, pleasure. Yeah. It was my guilty own pleasure. It. <laughs> so uh, when, when you found that, that you're going to be when you found you're going to be cast for entourage you know what, what was that yeah. experience like it was it was cool so uh the the just real quick the scene that i shot took place at the chinese theater in, in hollywood and um it was the it's been a while it was the premiere of the film that the main guy uh, that's right uh, start start in yeah uh-huh. And they cast me as an Entertainment Tonight reporter, and he was supposed to, he was it, supposed to be an Aquaman, and, and instead he right. did the the movie about the about the drug dealer. That's right. There you go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and and um, we got there was there was a discrepancy in in the uh, schedule because there was a shoot that was happening before we. My understanding there was a shoot that was happening there or somewhere around the theater that before we were shooting, which is weird because I was thinking, man, HBO thought they would be more on top of that. But so right. I had like a 4.30 call on, on at, at uh, base camp and we didn't end up getting to set till like 10 at night because basically everything had to be shut down for this to work. Um, right. So it was, we, it was an all night shoot. I mean, we, we, we ended up sh- rolled from I think maybe like 10 to like 4 in the morning or something like that but if nice. you look at it it's a huge it's, it was a huge uh, uh, undertaking because they there were like tons of background I mean you th- think of a premiere at the Chinese theater it's like a world premiere a Hollywood sure. world premiere so they had to recreate all that so basically I, I played the Entertainment Tonight reporter who got to interview uh, Turtle and his his current <laughs> girlfriend at the time, and yeah, and that that was kind of like the outing of those two being together. Um, is it is it sad to say that I remember that? Is it sad? That's sad, isn't it? It's sad to say. I'm not going to admit that I remember that. Listen, I'm not going to judge you. I don't know how your audience is. I don't know. Everybody's shy, man. Everybody put something in the comments. I don't know. I feel like somebody's going to shut off this radio show right now for me admitting that. But I remember you that wanna, exactly. Yeah, you might want to check the brakes on your car afterwards. I don't know. You might have some diehard fans who might be like, oh, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Um, but what was cool, what was even cooler about that was, um, that particular scene of mine, one scene, two lines, uh, ended up in the promo for for one of the HBO promos. And really, it, nice. It, yeah. So yeah. So you know those those little leg ups are great, especially when you have 
especially when you have like co-star work, which uh, for right. people who don't know, co-star work is uh, under five, under five lines. Right. And right. so, which is, you know, not, not to knock it, but when you have that, a lot of times you don't end up on a lot of different things like promo. So, you right. know, or, you know, like not along the lines of what, what that particular promo did, right. which, well, they Actually had huge. They had huge stars on that show. I mean, a lot of people. They had Gal Gadot on that show before she was ever Gal mm. Gadot. Yeah, I mean that oh. show was. Okay. Yeah, she was. She was one of his the main guy's girlfriends who was swimming in the pool, and so they had a lot of gig- Yeah, they had a lot of huge stars on that show. I was always shocked. Um, Mark Wahlberg was one of the executive producers, and he brought Matt Damon on. And Matt Damon I remember was that. yeah, Matt Damon was hilarious on on this show. You yeah. don't want to give money to the kids. You don't want to give money to the kids. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, now, see, you're you're throwing you're throwing out little things that only a true fan of the show like yourself would know. <laughs> and I'm so sad that I'm you a... might even be a closeted Sex in the City fan, but I'm not gonna. I, I, I do like Sex in the Sea. I, I, I do like, yeah. and I used, I also saw the prequel as well, which is sad. <laughs> so we're gonna move we're gonna move on so I don't get murdered. But <laughs> but but I, 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 I with a man. There's some great shows out there. So I, I guess I gotta I, own I, it. But you, but you know, I'm, we're, I good. Yeah. We're, good. We're we're people in the business, so even to be on something you know that may be considered culturally or or historically cheesy hey you know what okay you know why not hey you know i liked it and i really couldn't wait for this show to be to be on again you know when i was depressed i would watch the show it would always make me laugh you know um i I never thought that sexism was was too far when i watched sex in the city it was a little too a little raunchy for me uh, when I watched the Entourage, it, it it just reminded me of like seven guys trying to do the best they could in Hollywood. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. It, it's yeah, and yeah. obviously they had a little bit more of a leg up in terms of their posse oh, yeah. and and, and what not. Yeah, and, and yeah, where they lived and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, when they got like yeah. when they all would get like cars from their friend. I, I always wished I was one of their friends. And the the main right. actor's uh, brother never he was never recognized for being a really good actor or never recognized for being <laughs> on a, on a really popular TV show. So I really I really yeah. kind of yeah. I really love the uh, the dynamic of that show. But uh, another show that I really I mean I I just I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan. I loved Angel. I loved. I loved uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Dollhouse, like with Amy Ackar, was an amazing yeah. show. I mean, I I love, 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 love that show. Uh, I must have seen it over and over again, especially the, the 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 last the last episodes, which is which is two episodes, which is the last episode of the first season and the last episode of the second season, which they made into a film as well. Right. I have to ask, what was it like to be on, on that show? Because that show to me was incredible. Well, I, I was always a huge Joss Whedon fan, and so to get that to 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 get that role and to be able to work with work on that show was awesome. What made it even more awesome was the fact that Joss Whedon directed my episode, and and it was the pilot. shut up. And so yeah, so I had a chance, and and at the time, about to really get nerdy here. At the time, Joss Whedon was writing the X Men comic book as well yes yeah so he he was he was he was crossing over into that world while his his new show was was about to you know throw down 
So right. it, it 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 was cool on that end, and and he was cool. You know, we we had the chance to talk for a minute in between uh, takes, and and yeah. he was very chill, very chill. What was yeah. what was cool also was the fact that it was, um, according to my my understanding, the show. The the pilot did not do well. Fox wasn't really big in the pilot at first. Well, you know there um, there is there is a Dollhouse Zero that he made himself, and then there's a Dollhouse pilot. So I'm gonna nerd out on you. Okay, all yeah. right. I well I wasn't in Zero. I I here, my reasoning for saying this is because I'm I'm technically credited with being in two episodes when in actuality okay. it's just one. But it's because they didn't. They didn't like that. Maybe that was zero. I don't know. But they didn't like the pilot, and so they re they reshot a lot of stuff. And thank God, I ended up making the new pilot too. They just added. Yeah, you footage. were in episodes the the Echo and the Target, which I which I, I think is yeah. is is not zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure. Now, before we even continue, uh, I I know you mentioned um, Agents of Shield. I was actually never on Agents of Shield, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was never. I never did Agents of Shield. I've auditioned for Agents of Shield. Oh my God, <laughs> you are an you are an episode zero. It is episode zero of Dollhouse. That you are an episode zero. Okay, all right. Then that was it. That was it. Wow. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, and then you were an episode. Then you were an episode. Then then they also prolonged you into episode two. That's amazing. So oh, you okay. were part of all episode right. zero and episode two. Maybe it was archive. I don't know. Uh, that's that's incredible. I do not have the answer. So it was so what, what, it was, it was fun. yeah, yeah. What, what is his direction like? Very chill. He was he was very he was very chill. I mean, there there was there was it. it I, I was an FBI agent. Took place in the office. Right. Um, I'm you know I'm 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 a, being a bit of a a hole. Right. Uh, to the lead guy, and and um, he gave me a couple of different d- directions on on how to play it, um, just ways to just think about why I'm, you know, giving them the business, razzing them a little bit, and, sure, and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, that that was it. I mean, it was about four or five hours on set, and uh, but a lot of time on that scene, which you know, right, was what we do. But uh, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Again, you know, just just doing the work and being all about the work. But of course, also nerding out because yeah, I am working with Joss Whedon and he is directing this episode. So it's kind of like can't take that away from me. I that that's, no. that's not a bad little thing to have on your, uh, <laughs> on, your on your resume. You know what I'm saying? So no, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, I I, I would ask mm-hmm. you fifty thousand questions based upon just that. He, he's an incredible yeah. director. Incredible creator. He's Dollhouse was re- really. It was one of those shows that was cut really short. It, it was put on play at the same time Terminator was. The Terminator show was on. And I remember it, that. Yeah. Yeah, and they were cut short really fast. But you know they really were excellent shows. And Dollhouse ended properly. Dollhouse really ended in a proper yeah. manner. It went for how many seasons did Dollhouse? Two seasons. For? Two seasons, okay. Two seasons. But that was also around the time when, man, and so many shows were just getting canceled left or right. Remember that? Right. Um, what was that dinosaur show that was on? Uh, oh, that was. Uh, you you mean dinosaurs? 
No, not dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dinosaurs. No, no, it wasn't dinosaurs. <laughs> no, it was something – it was some show – I mean, we don't have to go into it, but it basically it was some really cool dinosaur show that was online um, right. about these scientists who went back in time. They were able to – and I loved it, and I know a lot of people right. loved it. And then I think right. I think it was Fox. I, mean, I could be wrong, but I, right. they canceled it, and people were like, come on, man. You know, and it right. was like, ah, y'all killing me. And, and there was a point where – so many of those shows were, you know, getting the acts like that. And people were like, oh, right. what is going on? Y'all killing me. I mean, people right. still people still want Firefly to come back. And it's well, that was, like, that that was, was one, one of the things. Was they, they killed off Firefly, you know, which was yeah. an amazing – I mean, one of the antithesis. And we got a movie out of it, but – yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got serenity out of that. I mean, it's one of the antithesis right. of such a great show, and the fans brought yeah. it back. And then they wanted to kill Dollhouse after the first season, and they just happened to bring it back for the second season because he, he went purely digital. Uh, and the mm. show was even better the second season than was the first season. And I couldn't imagine why they yeah. would kill a Joss Whedon show. <sighs> why did they kill a lot of shows back then? Who knows? No, I mean, it didn't make any they, sense. I mean, you know, you know, us being in the business, we know there's all those other demographics in terms of budget, in terms of all that other stuff. So, absolutely. Yeah. But but a great show you're on that that everybody loves, including myself, who was obsessed with, which is Justified. Uh, you know that that show yeah. is. Yeah, Justified is a magnanim- magnanimous show. I loved watching mm-hmm. how he how, how he became who he is. Uh, how was that adventure? That 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 was cool. We we shot that uh, episode. I think I, if I remember correctly, we did about three days on set, and it was a um, gosh, was it the summertime that we did that? Because it was really hot. And uh, we 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 shot all my episodes here in LA, right. or just my my one episode in LA. It was cool, man. You know, I was I was playing a uh, I, was, I was playing I played a you know I played a lot of cops in my career, and. Right. Um, either uniformed or plain clothes and whatnot. And I, I was a cop in that when I was a plain clothes uh, suit and badge and all of that. And um, yeah, I had a really good time on, on set. Didn't really get a chance to really uh, interact with uh, Tim, Timothy Oliphant as much. We, you know, hmm. we exchanged pleasantries, said hello, you know, introduced ourselves and stuff like right. that. But uh, it was it was very much work, and there were a couple of people who I was paired up against throughout the shoot that I was able, you know, that I, that I befriended and right. stuff like that. So it was a very smooth it was a very smooth time on set. I had a really good time. Really were you happy it. to be Were you happy to be on that show? Were you happy to get that gig? I was, I was, because at the time it was one of the more popular shows, and 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 I watched it, and it, yeah. it was it was different. Even though yes, I was still playing, I was playing another cop, but it was it was different, and. Yeah. Again, I like that. I, I like I like versatility. I like I like that challenge of having that versatility, even though yeah. I may still be playing a similar character in terms of career, uh, an officer. I still like to approach things in a new way. So it's just not me thinking, oh, here I am playing another cop. I may say right. it out loud, but as as an actor, I want to approach it in a right. way that is going to bring make make it different from when you've seen me playing officers before well this is a reason why i told you like i'm geeking out on your career because you've been part of so many shows that i that i've actually watched and enjoyed uh, justified was one of those shows that i i, I truly loved and, and adored all the way through so it, it's great that at the very least you're part of the lexicon 
of these shows. Yeah. I, I love the fact that I've been really, really blessed to have been a part of so many wonderful, like iconic uh, shows being a part of these universes and, and, and having, and having being counted in that universe. It, right. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. I mean, it, and, and, and when it comes down to that, it, it, it's, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great feeling when you look back and you and you realize, man, I was I was a part of I did an episode of that, I did an episode of this and 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 I, I you know, you're on the set of these shows that you've been watching for seasons and, and you just get, I still nerd out. I still you know, it's interesting. I right. still pinch myself. Right. And I I still look at all these experiences when I'm on set as as just these euphoric experiences. I, I mean, it may come off as cheesy me saying that, but I really do. Nope. I still, yeah. Okay. Then, then it, it really is. I, I love being on set performing, especially when it comes to shows that I've watched or I've, I've, I know of, and, and now I'm there. I'm part of that universe. I'm part of in, in either a big way or a small way. doesn't matter. I'm there and I'm, a, I'm in this mix with everybody else. It's right. It's awesome. I mean, to be able to be blessed to say that I am one of the work, you know, percentages of working actors is, it's it's a wonderful thing. And again, the struggle is always real. The it, it continues. It never ends. Right. But it's it's great when you have those opportunities to really stop and really take in what you have done and what you're you've been able to accomplish. Now, one of the things that that a lot of actors are part of in, in in the sphere of acting when they're coming up is being part of soaps and what have you. Now, I haven't met a lot of people that have been part of the Bold and Beautiful. So you were part of the Bold and Beautiful as, as a prison guard, and you are credited at least for one scene. You were not, but did mm-hmm. did you feel happy that you were part of? Because it is a fast paced world. Um, yeah. everything's done in pretty much one shot and what have you, everything's going really fast. Were, did you yeah. enjoy your t- yourself doing, doing soaps? I did. Cause it, I tell you, it's do, being a part of a soap, it has a bit of a, it's a bit of a theater experience in a sense. And, yeah. and I, the way I say that is it, it's got, it's, it's, it's interesting. Soaps, yeah, they they are very much like one take, two take Charlies, and you're out. Right. You know, you, you right. can't, you can't, don't don't suck, don't screw up. Um, <laughs> if you do, it's, I mean, if you do, it's understandable. You're human, but right. they're really watching you. I mean, the network is literally watching you because in your dressing room is a TV, and on that right. TV is a live feed to the set that's that that is showing everything from when everything is down, but the camera's pointed to the area where you're going to perform to when you're actually shooting the takes once or twice, you're seeing like the whole live thing happening and you get a couple of shots to do it. And then they're moving on to the next, which is why they're able to do daily shows. Right. Um, So it was definitely different. It was different, but I, I, I loved it because it was so, (laughs) it was different and it was a challenge of really, it's like theater. This is why I say it's like theater because in theater you're on stage. There is no second take. You go on there, you perform whatever happens, happens in theater and you work it out because you can't stop and go cut. All right, we have to do this again, but it's still the mentality of, Get it, get it done, get it right. 
unless there's a major train wreck, we're not stopping or, or, right. or we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna work with it. So, right. it, yeah. So it, it, it's, it was fun. It was fun. Right. I would love well, you, to be on. You had a, you, a, you had a, you, you had a bigger uh, job on days of our lives, which is just, just right on there. Right. I, I did. It was, it was an episode. I, I played a lawyer um, to uh, one of the, Ah, one of the twins. Don't ask me who it was, and don't ask me. I wasn't <laughs> really into soaps like that. My mom was. I told my mom I was on day. I was going to do an episode of Days of Our Lives, and she she lost her she lost her mind because that was that was her show, or as folks back then used to say, those were her stories. So, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, my mother would say it's, yeah. it's her novellas. The what? My mother would say it's her novellas. It's her, it is. It is. That, that would yeah. be the thing that you would have on. You would be watching as you're doing whatever around the house during the day. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, days was days was great. It was it was it was very similar in the experience in terms of getting in there, doing it, and moving on. Um, right. Uh, but a lot of fun to work on, and and you know the fact that these guys do this every day, and you, you, I I came on set and and I did. I, I still got that love. I, there, there was no, okay, here we are on set again. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome. You know, it was, it, people were very welcoming and just very cool. And, and it was, it was fun. I, I had a great time on it. I, I, I'm glad I had the, the, the soap opera experience. Would love to do more. And, and I'm hoping that that happens. If things don't go the, the route, <laughs> if soap operas don't continue to go the route of the dodo bird. Yeah. No, they won't. Yeah. They'll, I think they'll always be around. You know, we're, think, we're you, go ahead. No, I, I said I think so too. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think to destroy them. I think would be destroying a staple of, of television and what have you. And the reason why, to a certain extent, television does exist, like morning television. Right. Right. Well, so, it'll be. before before we run out of time because your your resume is just gigantic. You know, you were in uh, an episode of Modern Family, which is uh, another, mm-hmm. you know, revered show and what have you. And it's ending. This is the last season. That they have, yeah, and you're part of yeah. you're part of a lexicon of another great series show. Mm. How, how does it how, yeah. how does it feel to be part of 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 the lexicon of, of such great shows, inclu- including Modern Family? Modern Family was one of those shows that I, I think I was the probably one of the most excited to be a part of. And at the time when I did that episode, and and and. Before I get into that, uh, in terms of what we were speaking of, in terms of roles like doing comedy, it it was a great role in the sense that the joke fell on me. I had the funny. I had the joke in this particular right. episode, which was really cool. And it was, you know, again, nice. not knocking co-star work but it was it was an under five and 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 but it was it was a funny it was a funny line like i still use that that like in my demo reel it's it's a really funny interaction between myself and two of the main characters on the show and um it it was it was cool we shot it at ucla it was an episode where uh sarah highland's character was looking for colleges to go to and awesome yeah, yeah, she was so much fun to work with, and just just one of the sweetest ladies, and yeah. and yeah, and and her dad is like, hey, you should check out my my uh, my my college, Gold Bulldogs, and uh, <laughs> and 
um, Sophia Vergara kept saying, go Bullfrogs. And so, you know, there's that whole part of the joke. But, but then, yeah, it, 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 he was like this obsessive dad just really trying to get his daughter to go to this college, and she's starting to right. get fed up. And I was campus security, and I come up. And it's a really funny scene between the three of us. And it was, it was so – I, I love the fact that, that I got the joke on that and, and that, the, that the joke fell on me on that. And right. it, 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 it did actually help my confidence. <laughs> being able to deliver comedy and right. uh, you know at least at least having the confidence to really uh, uh, feel like I I I could really pull it off, which I believe I did, and it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was to be a part of that was that was one of the highlights, definitely. Well, a lot of the shows that you're on are, are going they're going to be on Netflix, they're going to be on Amazon Prime, they're going to be on all these. Shows. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? How does it feel to be part of? so many different shows that will live literally forever. It's, it's great because every now and then I'll get calls or, or, or Facebook postings or texts from people saying, yeah, I'm just chilling and watching such and such on Netflix. Right. Uh, I did a show called, and, and I, and I saw you and you know, I was surprised to see you. And that's a wonderful thing to, 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 to see. I love when people, I do that with friends of mine when I see them on stuff, I'm like, right. oh, my boy, such and such. And, and so I did a show called young and hungry with uh, Emily Osmond and uh, Jonathan Sadowski, Rex Lee, and uh, Kim Whitley. And that was, that, that to me, even to this day, was the, one of the best things I've ever done because of the, the comedy that was, that the, just the role that I had in general. And I have a lot of people still to this day letting me know that they saw that and we're very surprised and really loved what I did and how I represented right. and all that kind of stuff. So, it, it, so it's really cool. It's, it's great. It's great. I love the fact that it's, I'm, I'm a part of so many different universes and, and it's, it's a wonderful thing to, to be an actor and, and have that. I, I share that with that love with a lot of my acting uh, friends, colleagues, people who are in the business who, who are doing very much the same thing that I'm doing and the residual checks at times aren't bad either. Right. <laughs> Those it, things aren't it, horrible. It helps. It helps. Yeah. And, and even being a part of like, uh, I, you know, like I was saying before, being part of drama, being a part of comedy, being a part of sci-fi, it's, it's such, there's such wonderful genres to be a part of, you know, like, right. like in sci-fi, you know, like doing the Orville, doing Star Trek, doing, doing a uh, fifth passenger. I know you just interviewed Morgan Loria and then I know back, right. back then you also interviewed Scott Baker and, and and, right. and and Ryan Ryan Husk, my buddy Ryan Husk, and and just you know some 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 really wonderful people that I have had the opportunity to work with and 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 be a part of, of some wonderful things that they've done. Um, being a part of these type of genres, I mean, just sci-fi in general, being a part of that world is a beautiful thing. Being a part of a comedy world like Two Broke Girls, Two and a Half Men. Uh, modern family, young and hungry, uh, just it, it, it's 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 great, and it's 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 a beautiful thing to be able to look back at your career and say, and it ain't over yet, but but to look back right. at it and say, <laughs> yo, I really did give it my all, and I really did tackle everything, and I was I, I overcame whatever fear or whatever 
concern I may have of not being able to pull it off. And, and I just, I just went for it because that's what right. this is all about. And just, right. you got to go for it. You got to, you got to be fearless and, and right. whatever fears you have, overcome them in some way, shape or form and just be about the work nice. and, and have fun doing it. And boom. And, and the beat still goes on, man. Now, you're, you're both part of Star Trek Horizon and Fifth Passenger, which had Ryan T. Husk in them. You, you, yep. you're, 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 you worked with a lot of Star Trek people in both of those projects in there. How, yeah. how, how, how did that come about? And, and uh, how was it like working with, with basically legends? Um, I, you know, still pinching myself that, that it went down um, while maintaining that composure, like I said before. Um, uh, Ryan was also in uh, Renegades as well, Star Trek Renegades and Secret right. as well. Um, you know, I, I found out about Star Trek Renegades uh, that, that it was in development and I wanted in so bad. I, 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 I had met Tim Russ years ago and had a great conversation with him and, and uh, lost his contact information. And then I, I, we, we have a couple of good friends in common. So I asked my friend if, if, if he would be nice enough to, to contact him and to see if I could, you know, have some sort of meeting with him to, to be a part of it. And right. um, long story short, I was able to get uh, Tim and I were able to talk um, at the time, everything was just in the, in the development stages. Script hadn't even really been fully uh, written. They haven't even cast, you know, got the cast yet. And so throughout the months, I'm keeping in contact with Tim, just staying on his radar. And, you know, all the while, you know, reminding them, I want in, I want in, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm pushing towards uh, feature, a, featured, a featured part in, in, this, in this particular uh, uh, pilot that, that, that Tim was about to do. Got to the point where Tim had let me know that it was all pretty much cast and that the only stuff available and, 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 and I've already set this up for you. The only stuff available <laughs> right now were, was, was background work. Right. And, and, he, and, and he said he, he'd be willing to offer it to, you know, select people who, who would like to be a part of it and would just like to be in a Star Trek film. Right. And I respectfully turned it down. I respectfully right. declined because I mentioned that I'm an actor first. I'm a fan second. I have to stick with my rule of not doing background work anymore. And, but best of luck on the project. If anything happens to come up between now and when you guys yell action for the first time, and you think any of any, any, you know, featured part would you, you, if you think I would be right for any of these parts, any, anything that may come up, please let me know. Right something miraculously came up, which ended up me be being myself playing. Something always comes up by the way. Yeah. 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 I guess so. I guess so. Well, it did, you know, but honestly I was, I was, I, I I thought it was, it was done. I I wasn't going to do it. And I had, I had lost my shot. I shot my shot, but I, I, again, I I had to look at the bigger picture in terms of what I'm trying to do with my career. And, right. but Tim called me and, and he was like, listen, a part opened up. I, 
I'll shoot you the script. I was actually in San Diego shooting a film at the time, and I and I was in my hotel room. I was I had an afternoon had an afternoon call time, and that's when uh, Tim had hit, hit, hit me up. He had mentioned that there was a part open. He said he'll send me the script, read it if you like it. Part's yours. I I, I basically would have said yes right there. Um, nice. But I you know I did want to read it. I did want to see what it was, and I saw it. And it was the character of Boros, the son of Borada. Uh, basically the two main bad guys of the, of the whole uh, uh, series. I right. said, yes, next thing I know, I'm on set. I'm meeting Tim. I'm meeting Walter Koenig. I'm, I'm working with uh, just all these who's who of people, not only in Star Trek, but in sci-fi. If anyone has seen Star Trek Renegades, you would notice there is a who's yep. crazy who's who of people in sci-fi. Edward Furlong from Term- Terminator, that's uh, right. Sean Young from, yeah, Sean Young from Blade Runner. Oh, I and, love and, Sean and Young. People, yeah, and all the people from Star Trek who, who were on the various shows and whatnot. So next thing I know, I'm playing Boros. And, and, and it's all credit to Tim Russ, who I love that guy. You know, he, he gave me a wonderful uh, opportunity. And, um, and uh, he, you know, I'm still friends with Tim to this day. You know, we keep in touch, and and I go see him play. He plays in a band, and uh, me and a bunch of bunch of our buddies, you know, myself, yeah. Ryan, Scotty Baker, uh, my friend Andre Cotman. I mean, we're all we're all up there just checking out Tim, supporting the. Yeah, I just got, and, I just and, had Tim Russ on the show just recently. I got to tell you, it took about yeah. six months time to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. I had I I had yeah. to pursue I had to pursue him consistently and constantly <laughs> but he, he's a one he's a one well he's 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 constantly working you know he's got his music yeah. going on but you know unfortunately the coronavirus has kicked in and, and nobody has an excuse anymore so i was, I was able to i was able <laughs> yeah. i was able to catch him i was able to catch him yeah yeah what were you really doing because i know your ass is home <laughs> I, I know you're not doing nothing <laughs> give me right. a call right, right. right. <laughs> Yeah, but no, he's a, but no, he's a great Tim, man. Tim, yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim's a great guy. He's he's really, really, really cool. And and you know, for him to do that, you know, I I just I, I tip my hat to him. And and uh, you know, listen, you know, as a result of that, I've I've been able to make some wonderful uh, lifelong friends. Um, have have a great connection to the sci-fi community in so many different ways. I tour uh, to to various uh, sci-fi cons. I'm 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 a guest at many of them. All of them. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. And, um, you know, just, 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 I, I was able to work with, 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 uh, Morgan and Scott on fifth passenger, yeah. you know, That's and, right. and, uh, at, on horizon and, uh, and Manu short term well, right? runaway. I'm sorry. You worked with Manu as well on, on, uh, on fifth passenger. Yes. Yes. And Doug Jones and, and Marina Sirtis and just, just yeah. all these, you know, it's just like, whoa, you know, so. It, it, it's uh, David Lim from from SWAT, you know. So it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. So it's um, it's it's been a wonderful it's been a wonderful uh, uh, road on that in that genre. And, and I'm so and, I'm and so happy I believe for you. Also, you know, these are these are really yeah. excellent experiences. And and also just the fact that I've had that prosthetic experience, I believe, also helped me uh, be on the Orville because not everybody yeah. can. Yeah, not everybody can Orville's, wear prosthetic makeup. Orville's a fantastic yeah, show. And that was a fantastic show. I, I did the yeah. second episode called About a yeah. Girl. One, still, I think, one of the most controversial storylines 
of of the series. I think so. But, <laughs> I think oh so. man, but 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 working with Seth and just the crew. Oh yeah, come on. That, it was, you know, was it nice. was it was tough to see Seth Ooh. in that way, but you know, it was it was amazing about how he put that show together, and it reminded me of, of literally like if Galaxy Quest was made into a TV show, what would it look like? I, I think I think we would have pretty much an idea in in what the Orville is doing. I I, I love what the Orville is doing, and yeah, and what you know, just their storylines and stuff. You know, I, I love all of it. I, I love Discovery. I love Picard. I love the different ways oh, yeah. of telling, yeah, telling these stories. I always say, listen, there's always more than one way to tell a Star Trek story. And right. just because we're not getting the way that we're used to with, here we are on the ship, let's go check out this planet and drama ensue. Okay, yeah, right. that's one way of doing it. There are other ways. We've we've learned that when Deep Space Nine came on. That was a, right. that was a non-traditional uh, way of telling a story. No, Trek, it was Star more of a Trek war story. show. I and mean, that was more of a war yeah. show. Yeah, it was very, very right, different. It, it was very different. And then, you know, you have Discovery and you have a car. So there, there are so many different ways and there's so many different, uh, and, you know, again, it's, it, it's, it's not going to please everybody. And that's, that's, okay. that's funny because right. you had, you had Hanahate on, on uh, fifth, fifth passenger. And I had Hanahate yeah. here really early on uh, on a radio show career. I think it was my first mm. season. I had Hannah Ate on, and uh, I definitely wanted to talk to her about that because she, she's a spectacular human being. I really enjoy her process. She's just one of the sweetest. I mean, and, you know, yeah, it, it's it's great having, you know, and she was a little girl when she did that. She, you know, little girl. Out of that she was tiny. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah, she, was, she She was one of the people that actually transferred from Generations to Deep Space Nine. So she was one of the very few yeah. characters that transferred shows when, when at a time people only stuck to their own show. They only stuck to one show per, per, per person. But she, yeah, jumped. I mean, it was obviously very yeah. surprising. Like when Worf went over there, you know, it's like, yes. oh, we just got Worf. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Exactly. Cool. It's, it was pretty, it was pretty fascinating, pretty incredible. Now we don't, we don't have a, a, you know, because like I said, your career is just monolithic. So we don't have an incredible amount of time left, but I, I want to talk to you sure. about your voiceover work. Okay. You, you know we're going to have to do a part two at one point. I, I, I know, I know. I know. Just, I, I'm, I'm going to call you up and have you on next month if you can. I mean, if really, if you can, I would really love to have you on again. And seriously, I'm not, I, I'm not joking. Most definitely. I would, yeah. I would love to come on. I mean, did you, did you enjoy yourself? I, I had a great time. I did. Yeah. I really did. Thank you so much. I, would, I mean, I, I would love know, this. this a, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I would love to have you on a second time because there's so much I want to talk to you about. You know, I'm running out of I'm running out of two hour time, and I would love to talk yeah. to you for at least another hour and a half. It just it just breaks my heart. I didn't think I even had had this much to say, but no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and and just just real quick, you know, we can definitely talk more about it at another time if you'd like. Uh, yeah, voiceover wise, that that that's still a tricky uh, career because it's it's I. I've done I've done a lot of voiceover work and and I'm I'm a part of some wonderful projects. Um, yeah, Batman. A lot of radio theater. Yeah, yeah, Batman. Yeah, doing voice work for the Batman Arkham uh, uh, video game series. Yeah. I'm a part of many different radio theater productions and and I've done uh, voice work for McDonald's and for Subway. You definitely have the voice for it. Yeah, you did a lot of commercials. You did a, did a lot of commercial work. Mm-hmm. Jeep Grand Cherokee. I mean, just so much, and, and I love it. It's it's 
it's it's so much fun because obviously there there's a lot of there's less pressure in terms of the look and really more about the voice and and right. being able to pull these different types of characters out of your head and making them um making them different and versatile and 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 really being able to to take take a person on a journey and and as they're listening to you tell this story Right. It's a beautiful thing. I, I just did, well, I, it was a while ago. I did a, um, I did a voiceover project uh, for, it was, it was for when I did this, um, this theater festival called SciFest. And it was a one act uh, theater festival that, that had actually a lot of different uh, people from sci-fi uh, from from various sci-fi series, you know, TV shows and whatnot, and um, I was I was a part of reading this this one particular story, and uh, we ended up turning that into a uh, a, a, a series, not, not a series, but I ended up actually doing an audio version of it. It's called Humans and Hot Dogs, and okay. um, if anybody's interested, uh, if you subscribe to uh, Amazon Prime, it's it's available for free on that, or you can purchase it as well. So, but it's it, it's one of those characters, you know, it's one of those projects where you do play a variety of different characters, and um, yeah, it's just it's just wonderful. It's, it's so much fun. It's 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 definitely nice. different. It's another it's another challenge in, in a lot of ways. It's right, which, which I love. Let me give yeah. you let me give you a hypothetical. There there's there's a little boy in the south side of Chicago that wants to come out to LA and he wants to do voiceover work, he wants to do movies, he wants to do TV shows, he wants to do some some background work, but he really wants to focus on on films and TV shows and what have you. What 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 what, what advice do you have for this with this kid? What should he do? How should he start off? How should he how should he process this information? I would say that if it's something that is is sticking to your skull all those years, definitely seek it out and definitely go for it and 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 don't ever don't ever not feel like it's something that you shouldn't do because of statistics of the the percentage of actors that don't work. Um, or it's not a real job, you know, things like that, you know, things that people say that aren't true. It is a real job. Um, right. That it's a pipe dream. Um, only the, only stars get all the roles, um, that there's not enough work out there. Don't listen to those. Don't listen to those voices that tell you that. Listen to the one voice that is the most important voice, which is you. And, it's it's you saying that this is the thing that is really really pushing you and pulling pushing and pulling at you to 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 pursue it's the thing that's mm-hmm. going to make you happy it's it's the thing that's going to it's your calling in a sense yes life gets in the way and things do put take you here and there and sometimes put things on the sideline life life tends to throw major curveballs, but stick with, stick, stay the course in one way, one way, shape or form, do it. I have friends right. who have had, who we've all had that sit down talk of, we want to go to LA. We want to be a star. We want to do movies. We want to work with such and such and do that. And a lot of people's 
lives have have gotten I don't want to say gotten in the way, but have 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 jumped in as well and said, well, you can still do this, but we're going to have you do it this way. We're going to have you do it that way. Maybe you're not going to go to LA. Maybe you're not going to go to New York, but you're still going to, right. you're going to teach. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to do theater at home. You're going to, you're going to be a presence in your own hometown. That's okay. That's, that's fine. Um, right. But just, just whatever you do, do it. Don't, right. don't not do it. Stick with it and make it happen. Because at the end of the day, it's going to happen if you, if, you, if you push at it hard enough. Right. Rico, thank you so much for being on the show today. It, it, was, it was our honor to have you on today. Thank you so much. Honor's mine, Steve. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you. Rico Anderson, thank you so much for being on today. Here's your clap. <laughs> thank you, my friend. Woo-hoo. Let's have part two real soon. Thank you, brother. Most definitely. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care, man. Well, that was Rico Anderson. Thank you so much for being here today. You know, we asked a question of what makes people great people. What what makes an actor an actor? What 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 creates their career? As you can see from Rico, really fast, and and what you heard from Blake. Earlier, and what a blessing of him calling earlier today was he's a kind and generous human being, giving, loving. <laughs> People obviously respect him. Likeability makes a big play in his career. Directability, he's easy to direct. People can see the kindness and compassion within him, and they want to be around him. What what makes somebody want to be around you for 12, 14, 16 hours? Well, Rico just explained it to you. His desire to be part of something bigger than himself. His desire to help out other people, to make them shine as well. You could hear that from, from Blake when Blake was talking about him, helping him make his movie even a better movie by being part of it, about how he restructured the entire process just so he could be part of it. When does that happen? When does that happen when people restructure an entire format for you to be part of that? What would that take? It would take for somebody to see a light inside of you, a brightness, a kindness, compassion, love, empathy. I was born in Northern California, raised in Southern part of Chicago, went off to San Francisco, did plays, did a lot of creative things, moved out to LA, did a lot of background work until he could make it as an actor. When he did that, he shined. And people saw him as nothing else but an incredible human being. They wanted to be around for a very long time. Rico Anderson, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a blessing 
for you to share your information, share your history, share your kindness with all of us. And to our audience, our audience appreciates us. And now you know some of the secrets of how to be a great actor or an actress. And to all of you out there, thank you very much for listening today. I greatly appreciate it. Remember, be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. We're all on lockdown, so love yourself. Love the people you're with. Appreciate them. Appreciate this time. Be reflective. Remember, you can't love other people without loving yourself. Be reflective. This is the time. You're locked in with yourself. There's no escape. So all of you out there, thank you so much for listening in. I am blessed to have you as an audience. Thank you for giving me the chance to speak to all of you. And Enrico Anderson, thank you so much for being our guest today. We greatly appreciate you taking the time out to be with all of us. All right, guys. This has been Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. I love you all. Bless you all. Have a great day.